There's a speed limit in this state, Mr. Neff. 45 miles an hour. How fast was I going, officer? I'd say around 90. But what about us? Memories. You're talking about memories. Good, now have a drink. I don't want anything of his or any part of him. Except his life. I wonder if I know what you mean. I wonder if you want Played it for her, played it for me. I lived a few weeks while she loved me. Waiting for a lady. Someday you'll understand that. Got some news that's gonna take a lot of attention off you and Laura. Stop it, yes, I can't take any more of it! I should be in uniform. You know the story? My story. Maybe because he was drunk. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. Well, I'll give her the message. But there is sleep all over America. Welcome to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, a podcast discussing film noirs of yesterday and neo noirs of today. Each week, we will deliver a discussion and analysis of classic and neo noir films, all mixed in with our unintelligible banter. Your hosts for the show, Carly Street and Jason D. Morris. All right, well, um, Carly's sick again, and I'm, sh- you know, sure to be soon as well. <laughs> As is the whole world. <laughs> Hopefully we survive. <laughs> well, I've done quite well because I haven't been sick through the entire pandemic until now when I great. have a cold <laughs> that will not go away. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I hope everybody stays safe and healthy regardless. And, uh, you know, we'll get through this eventually. But all right. Well, enough COVID talk, enough depressing bullshit. Uh, let, let's get into uh, tonight's drink, um, which uh is not going to give away the film and really has nothing to do with the film other than who our lead actor is and this uh drink is called waltzing with vincent <laughs> hmm. this this happens to be his favorite drink oh uh supposedly i mean that's the that's the rumor um and it is uh, i'm guessing someone at some point named it after him or he created it and named it himself and if you're wondering who he is, that would be Vincent Price. Uh, and the drink is a spritzy fall aperitif made with applejack brandy, apple cider, lemon juice, simple syrup, and Prosecco. <coughs> which I believe Carly dislikes Prosecco. Yeah, I'm not um, really keen on Prosecco. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, it's like interesting because it. it's quite cheap everywhere over here. I'm still even caught. I'm still caught even knowing that it's cheap. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> she goes for the cheap stuff. I guess so. You drink, you drink bud, Coors. Hey, Coors is <laughs> not American cheap. beer. It's the worst. <laughs> Coors is not cheap. Oh, mm. It is here. Damn it! Oh, I need a cheaper a, side. I just, that's worth the reason to move just for that. Cheap Coors. Yes, please. Hell <laughs> of a season. <laughs> Um, yeah, it doesn't explain exactly how to make it, but, um, you know, there's the, uh, there's the ingredients and, uh, you know, I guess you just kind of throw it into a glass and see how it goes. I'm <laughs> not sure how much of each, but I'd probably go with a, you know, an ounce of brandy. So we hope you guys enjoy your waltzing with Vincent and, uh, you know, drink along with us as we, uh, discuss this film. Here's the trailer for the 1946 film, 
shock. quite common among mental cases in an institution of this sort. Are you trying to tell me my wife is out of her mind? I'm going to try to find something that will convince her that she's insane. You don't understand. There's nothing the matter with me. I want the police. That doctor's a murderer. But you go back to bed and we'll call him. Don't talk to me as if I were crazy. I'm telling you the truth. That was the trailer for the uh, 1946 film Shock, which stars Vincent Price, Lynn Berry, Frank Lattimore, and Annabelle Shaw. <clears throat> and I didn't forget today. Oh. Uh, we need to, before we go any further, because I have just been railroading over Carly and her in a nutshell synopsis. <laughs> it's not surprising to be that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is like the most important part of the show, I think. Uh, so Carly, <laughs> before we get any further, um, here's your dramatic piano. And now it's time for Carly's super famous in a nutshell synopsis. <laughs> Always makes me laugh. Okay. <laughs> a cautionary tale of how events can take a sinister turn when Vincent Price and his lunatic lover are left in charge of an asylum. Okay. Do you like that? Yeah, I mean, that, that works. Um, is it an... I guess it kind of is a, and a yeah. I don't I know. I, I guess when I was watching out. it, I was looking at it more like a hospital, but it's not. It's a, it is an asylum. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't quite figure out if it was like a posh asylum. Is that what a sanitarium is? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because he does go around and at that one point where he's trying to convince the husband, uh, you know, that she's crazy, so he goes around and talks to the other people who are crazy. So yeah, I guess it is a mental institute some sort um now i couldn't find a whole lot of you know information on this film um i get the feeling it sort of came and went uh in the theater when it was released however i did find a interesting review and this is uh this is from a reviewer named bosley Crowther of the New York Times. And he was particularly offended with the film. And after I didn't, I didn't really, I, obviously, our, the, you know, today's day and age is a little different. 
not that it's any less important, but I guess it's not as new as it was when this film came out. Um, and obviously today we call it PTSD and I guess back then they might've called it shock or at least, um, that was one of the terms or one of the issues that soldiers were coming back from in the war, uh, was, was with shock. Um, and this particular reviewer took great offense to the movie. Um, basically disliking the fact that they, you know, made a film, you know, about this and, um, that it was, uh, I don't know if it was just, he felt that they did it in an irresponsible way or the fact that it was a horror movie or what exactly it was, you know, per se, but he just, um, he felt that it showed like the doctors that were trying to treat people with this, uh, you know, putting them in a bad light was, was sort of irresponsible. Well, you can understand how it might make people scared to go in somewhere like that if they don't understand the treatments and things that they're suggesting because it, it, that was what he banked on, wasn't it, that the husband and sort of stuff wouldn't really know and just blindly yeah, I, listen to him. I just look at him like he's a bad guy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the idea of treatment is bad. Oh, no. Or any of that. Um, so yeah, I think that that review was sort of eye-opening for me because I never even thought of that as being a thing. Um, and this particular reviewer like really slammed the film because of it. Others were, you know, nicer about it and thought that it was a pretty good thriller, pun intended. Um, and uh, but considered it a B movie, a minor noir, I guess. Um, so I don't know. It had a. It seemed like it had a bit of a, um, a mixed response. Maybe it was just a controversial topic at the time. I would assume so, yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like equivalent to Netflix and that movie, uh, what is it, Cooties? I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, isn't that poo? (laughs) Isn't that what? When you say Cooties, isn't that like, doesn't that mean like poo? No? No. Okay. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Uh, okay i think i need a translator now for this uh, <laughs> i feel like i've stumped you <laughs> no i'm looking up the movie because i want to know the title now um but i'm not sure if i can find it because i'm not sure how to search for a movie that i don't know the title for <laughs> cuties that's what it is cuties oh right okay oh. how did you not get that knowing that i'm talking about netflix and then people are outraged about a movie um, because <laughs> I live in a hole and I don't have Netflix because they don't stream anything that I find enjoyable. Uh, Generally. Well, I'm Amazon. Okay. Amazon Prime through and through. All right. That makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know why I have uh, Netflix still either. I haven't watched it in I don't know how long. Actually, it's, I take that back. I am watching Cobra Kai um, with Shawnee and I am enjoying that quite a bit, even though that came from YouTube. So I'm not sure that counts. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to have like saved watch lists and stuff. And then I'd make the mistake of watching one really crap film. And then all it would be in my lists would just be more crap films. Oh, so it just started filling up with asylum movies. Hey, they're not crap. Uh, low blow. I'm there on prime. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> seven nine a month. I can watch as many Sharknadoes as I like. 
<laughs> They're having a hard time giving them away, so they got to put them on Prime. <laughs> Your point is. <laughs> <laughs> did you see? Did you see the news? <laughs> I'm not sure where this was at, but after the hurricane, apparently there are sh- sharks stuck in a, a telephone pole or some sort of light pole, and the workers are trying to get them out. <laughs> see, you see. <laughs> You thought you thought that they were stupid for years. Actually, I think you'll find that they are the true geniuses of us all. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure if it's fake or if it was real, but it just cracked me up. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I hope that there's no sharks like stuck on telephone poles because that wouldn't be pleasant for the sharks, but at the same time I kind of I kind of wanted to. No, it looked it, it from the image it did look like they were I mean, there were definitely sharks. I don't know if it's Photoshopped, real, fake, whatever. Maybe it was even a scene from Sharknado. I don't fucking know because I've never seen them. But you could see clearly at least two sharks that are like stuck in this pole because of the wires and and whatever. Well, that's a reason to watch Sharknado, isn't it? To see if you can see that fake news. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I know. The guy's from my hometown, but I don't give a shit. That was a, such a bad movie. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I don't know. How did we get on sharks anyway? Oh, no. It all <laughs> seems to revolve around sharks at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so getting into this movie, um, it starts out normal enough. Um, well, I wouldn't say normal enough. What is she? I don't understand. She made it. She made a reservation. This okay, so our lead character made not a lead character, sort of lead co-star. I don't know what you would call her. Anyway, this woman makes a reservation supposedly for a hotel. She gets there, and they said they never got the call. They never uh, reserved her room, and they're all booked up for the night. So they start off right at the bat trying to make her crazy. Yeah. Um. You know, I guess. However, the the nicest man ever suddenly magically finds her a room. So was he lying all along? <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. They obviously had a room yeah. open because they knew that the guest wasn't showing up till tomorrow. So I don't know how that all works I mean, <laughs> in 1946. But <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah. Maybe they didn't trust her to leave in time. <laughs> I get maybe I don't know maybe the maybe the other guests reserved it for that day as well and you know it was known that they wouldn't show up till like no because it said that you have to be out by twelve or something like that uh. so I don't know it didn't make any sense but whatever hotels don't make any sense they get over on people all the time so I guess that's on par <clears throat> um, so anyways they find her a room and uh, she gives her a little sob story about waiting for her husband. And this is the only place that he knows that she'll be at or some craziness like that, I suppose, because she already told him that he booked the hotel or this. I don't know. It was a little, it was a little, conv- not convoluted, but lack of detail Yeah. in terms of uh, that, um, you know, but um, she goes up to her room and, uh, you know, settles in and whatnot and while she's there. She notices some commotion across the way, I guess, in this motel or hotel. You can see across to the other the other rooms and uh not good on privacy, is it? Not really. Not I mean, time. you know, they do 
They do have curtains, unlike the uh, motel room in uh, Touch of Evil. Um, but, uh, you know, she, she witnesses this man having an argument with a woman. And from what I believe, I remember, we never even see his wife no, at the time. not really. Which is odd later on to me because he shows her a newspaper with a picture of her. And I wouldn't like... I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect her to know what she looked like. But anyway, I guess it has her name and his last name. And I'm not sure why she would even know his last name because from this point on, she is uh, comatose, <laughs> more or less. Um, so that was another little plot point that I didn't quite think worked, but whatever. So she sees this murder in. Um, for some reason, it and it's not exactly a brutal murder or a bloody murder. It's like or, an impulse smash, isn't it? Yeah, it's more like a oh, oh damn, did I just do that? I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're dead. What? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, it was just sort of like they get in an argument. He grabs a candlestick and off screen, you don't even see it. Uh, he hits her in the head, and it's implied that she's killed, and he. Casually closes the window blinds or the curtains. And this puts her into such a shock that she becomes unresponsive and, and comatose. And um, her husband shows up in the lobby downstairs the next morning and, um, you know, asks to uh, you know, what room she's in, all that kind of stuff. And he gets up there and finds her in this state of shock with her eyes wide open, still staring out the window, which I, I don't, another weird thing. I'm not sure if that's, is that what people do when they go into shock or whatever, they continue to stare at the thing willingly that put them in shock or <laughs> have their eyes glazed over so much. They can't even see past their retinas. I'm not really sure what the, the deal with that is, but she's still sitting there on the couch, staring out the window. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And so obviously the husband is like, well, this isn't normal. Uh, we need to call a doctor. And I don't know, I guess this isn't like common anymore, but I guess back in the day, and I've seen this in a few other movies, I guess there's on-site doctors for hotels. That's what it seems, isn't it? It always seems like there's some sort of like on-site medical team or at least a minimum a doctor. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just odd. I don't know. Uh, um, I've again, I've only seen that in movies. I've never heard of that being a thing. And then there's an on-site psychologist or whatever he is, <laughs> a psychotherapist, um, which evil is Vincent Price's character. It's an on-site evil madman. Let's phone him. <laughs> is he split his time between the asylum and the hotel, or was he just staying there for some reason? Even though it's you know. He lives nearby or you know, works nearby. Like I, I was a little confused on that aspect. Does he live at the hotel? Um, which, you know, is a possibility. Um, no, I don't. It seemed to me like they'd sort of booked some sort of like, or she tried to surprise him or something. And then the other bloke just rang him because he, he knew that he was good. He had a specialty in that. But then I'm not sure where he rang to get him to come over so fast. If he rang the right, would he have known? Yeah, like the office, and well, they relayed a message or something. I'm not too sure. I don't. I mean, he was at the hotel, obviously, so he had to have called like the front desk or 
known that he was in that hotel room and called that hotel room, right? Yeah, unless they didn't I mean, know his wife was there. So are you saying that his wife was there maybe, I don't know, for some reason like cheating on him and he caught her? No. And that's why he was there? What are you trying to – I'm confused now. Explain yourself, woman. I was trying to – I was trying to answer your damn question of why they were in the hotel. I know, but what was your reasoning? I'm confused. <laughs> that maybe she was trying to surprise him with like a – I don't know, like a getaway or something. like. She who? His wife. Vincent Price's wife? Yes, the one he murdered. In Surprise the- him with what? Where are you drawing this from? I don't know. I even see the woman. It might be nice for, I don't know, to like, oh, let's have a nice night in a posh hotel. You're writing a completely different script here. I don't know what you're talking about. We don't even see this woman. (laughs) Well, he clearly killed his wife in the room, didn't he? Because that's the whole point of what the story is. Yes. Yeah, he did. But, but, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you're right. They were all there. (laughs) Maybe she surprised him and then he killed her because (laughs) (laughs) she took him by surprise. So he hit with a candlestick. (laughs) I guess so. He does. Vincent Price does not like surprises. (laughs) He does not. (laughs) So, yeah, that happens. So, hey, Carla, let's take a break real quick and talk to our listeners about our sponsors. All right, guys, we're back and we're going to keep talking about this film. And so anyway, the doctor, the the house doctor calls Vincent Price character over um, to the room because he's a specialist and he's seen these kinds of things before. And um, it doesn't take him long to pick up on the fact that she probably saw him murder his wife because he can clearly see outside the window that it's his room across the way, which... I don't know if you've ever been to a hotel. It's a little convoluted. I mean, as far as like what you can see and what you can't, but I guess he knows that that particular room is his for some reason. And he puts two and two together and deduces that she, uh, she saw him murder his wife. And so he instantly decides he's got to take care of the situation, whatever it might be. So he, I guess he's pretty straightforward with the fact that she is in shock because she is, but decides to uh, convince the doctor and I guess the husband that she needs to come to uh, his asylum and be treated, um, which is the only, you know, I guess the only only thing he can do other than just sort of, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with her. See you guys later. <laughs> yes, I guess bye. Be, be worried that she comes to and, and tells the whole story, even though she has no idea who he is. Or any of that. <laughs> did he did he leave his dead wife at the lodge? No idea. To, all the time while he was trying to convince her that she was insane. No idea. I do know later on they they say that she was found off of a cliff. Yeah, but in the uh, newspapers there was like a three day search as well, but nobody seemed that bothered that like they were searching yeah. for his wife. He just went on his business as normal. Or maybe that was part. Yeah. Well, you know, in actuality, they didn't actually show him in between those points. No, true. He he wasn't on screen from the time where he uh, is at the hotel room with the woman um, and convinces everybody that she needs to go to the asylum. We don't see him again until the scene where he has the newspaper, and I, I don't I don't think so anyway. 
Um, but yeah, nobody at all seems concerned at all about her death or being missing or any of that stuff. And there's, there's no police involvement in this movie. So we don't see the other side of it. We don't see the search. We don't see the finding of the body or any of that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and I'm sure it's, you know, all budgetary because this is essentially a one room film. Um, so you got your hotel room and you got the asylum room and that's pretty much it uh, for the movie. Um, so yeah, so it was a little surprising. He shows the newspaper to her and uh, you know, this is the first time we really see her face and her name. And uh, I thought it was a little implausible that this woman recognizes and knows who she is really, you know, instantly. And cause she's never actually seen her before, but you know, it's a movie. Um, and he does explain it to her. But, uh, and she also recognizes him, which I'm not sure that, I don't know. I guess she, she definitely saw him through the window and whatnot. But if you're in that great shock and you've seen somebody one time, I don't know. Sometimes these movies get a little. She's heard his voice though. So maybe it's his, it's his voice. More Could than be. He does have a distinct sex. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. <clears throat> I do think some of these movies get a little overblown. I don't think people can, I don't think. I know that there's like this theory that people can recognize people better than they think they can sort of thing, but maybe it's just me. Cause I'm, I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, uh, maybe it's just cause I don't like people. I so if you witness a murder, basically as soon as you blink, all the evidence oh, is gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't nobody getting caught if I witness a murder. Cause <laughs> not cause that's what I want, but because I'm just like, uh, he was tall. No, wait, he was short. No, he had brown. No, he had blonde. It no, could have been a woman. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'd be terrible at that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think that uh, I think there's just a lot of little little clues in the movie or little plot points in the movie that I wouldn't call them forced because they're not really forced. They're just sort of not, I guess, completely um, likely to happen. <laughs> Coincidental. Coinc yeah. I mean, you know, coincidental, yeah, is a way to put it, but I mean, it's just something that like, I just don't, I don't think people in general are really that, that good at, that sort of thing. Like, I just don't think that he would have put put together that his room was right across the hall. I mean, unless he didn't already know that kind of thing, like just by looking out the window, because all the hotel rooms look the same outside the window. You know, how does he know that that's the room right across the way? And when you're in a hotel lot, you know, hallway and whatnot, it's really hard to kind of differentiate where you are opposed to where you are outside. You know, it doesn't just doesn't look the same. <laughs> It's did, hard to tell. I did get a little confused about why Elaine sort of butted in. Because she really didn't need to sort of like drive him insane by telling him to do this ridiculous plot. The wife was dead. You're talking about the nurse? Yeah, the wife was dead. If they wanted yeah. to just get married, then it would have been okay. Because like he kept saying, oh, why didn't I just phone the police? It was an accident. I mean, that's, I that's sort of, of like the... I can kind of get that he was afraid of going to prison or, or the manslaughter charge or whatever. But that that little nurse Elaine, she was pretty sadistic. She was always like 
on his shoulder, sort of whispering in his ear, just things. Mm-hmm. Just, do you know what I mean? To go, oh, murderer, murderer. It's all right. It'll all be fine. Yeah, and I, I find that in a lot of these noir films that the man is is weaker than the woman in terms of like their resolve about this stuff and can easily be um, manipulated. Um, and there's actually a good a good line in another film that we're watching, um, Fear in the Night, where uh, a character says some, something along the lines like, oh, he was testing your willpower. Um, and that's kind of what I feel like a lot of the femme fatales in these films are doing is they're, they're, it's manipulation, you know? And the thing is, if he did marry her, that would put suspicion on him anyway. Um, cause that would, you know, I mean, she's only been missing for three days or whatever it was. Um, how quickly is that really supposed to happen <laughs> without yeah. drawing suspicion? I mean, you need to wait like a year, um, to, to kind of be safe, you know, if, if, if ever at all. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get that. Um, but I don't buy the fact that it was all her because he comes up with this di- idea early on in the hotel room uh, to take her back to the asylum. So obviously he's already trying to cover it up for whatever reason. And it's his idea to give her insulin shock treatment. He's like, oh, maybe, maybe I could overdose her. And she's like, yes. And he's like, oh, no, couldn't do that. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, you know, so, so, I mean, she had some manipulation tactics going on in the movie, but he already had started that process. He was already running full speed downhill, you know? Um, and there was no coming back from that. He's already, once you already engage into that sort of, um, uh, I mean, that's legal activity, I guess, you know, covering up a murder, uh, there's really no coming back unless, I mean, you could take it further and he could have killed her. You know, and he's got two murders on his hand, but there's really nothing else that he can do. So I think she, you know, it's just a preservation thing. Uh, she's trying to keep him out of jail, I guess, at some point, because had he stopped doing what he was doing at that point, he's going to jail no matter what, whether yeah. it was an accident or not, because he's already tried to cover everything up. Well, he's driven her off to wherever and chucked her off the side of a mountain. So yeah, and I'm wondering if that I didn't really specify was that a car crash or did he, did he throw her off the side of the mountain? I mean, like <laughs> I wasn't really certain how that happened because he's not driving two cars up to the mountain and getting back. So I'm assuming he just kind of threw her off the mountain, right? Yeah, I assumed it was a car, um, a car crash to begin with. But then afterwards, when he mentions um, uh, the wound on the head, he specifically says that she banged her head on like a rock or something like that. Which I find kind of odd because, I mean, there would probably be a lot of... Surely that's no car. Well, I mean, you bang your head in a car. I mean, if you're getting into a wreck, but if you did throw her off the cliff, I mean, I'm assuming that she's going to have a lot of bruises and bangs and stuff, right? So I always found that like, a, I don't know, a little silly. I mean, I don't think there was any points to have to uh, tell us that sort of thing, you know? Um, cause it's just an assumption, I guess. I don't know if I fall off a cliff, I'm going to assume I'm going to have a lot of cuts and bruises and scrapes and nobody's going to know where they came from. <laughs> I feel like they would have had to have found the murder weapon, like known that this candlestick killed somebody. Yeah. I like the DA though. That was like basically presented himself as like, Oh, this has happened. And do you mind if we exhume the body? And he was like, no. And he just suddenly went, well, I don't really care. <laughs> you can either let me do it or I'll get court order. 
yes, you go, right. man. <laughs> He's like, frankly, I think it makes you a bit suspicious. You don't want to know who murdered your wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and that's ultimately who catches him, right? Who, like, takes him into custody? I think so, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know, Carly. I don't think there's – I think, you know, it pretty much plays out as expected after that. I mean um, – I don't, I don't, there wasn't too many like twists and turns in this film. It was just pretty straightforward, I guess, after I, I think a bumpy start for me. Hmm. I quite liked it once they got into the asylum portion of it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it was okay, I guess. You don't seem <laughs> over, nothing really confused. interesting. I'm not because nothing really interesting happened. It was just, it was a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Her sort of waking up freaking out them drugging her and her falling back asleep. And then just, you know, that was pretty much it. Like I, I felt like it was, it could have been um, cut down to like a half an hour movie. You know, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Uh, once you get past the whole trying to convince the husband thing, because um, we, we don't see a whole lot. Her, wasn't he? He didn't take a lot for him to go. She's clearly not insane. She's saying the same right. thing. Yeah, yeah. I just and and I mean, it just felt like uh, it was a. Uh, we should have seen what was going on with the cops, you know. Yeah, that would have been interesting um, if anybody had suspicions about him. Yeah, or at least it should have been another plot point in the movie to keep the you know to to be cutting away from the asylum and doing other things, you know, to keep the interest of the film up is really what I feel like. Um. So it just feels like there's like this missing sort of piece to the script, I guess. And maybe, you know, again, it'd just be budgetary, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, so yeah, Carly, why don't we go ahead and give this, uh, give this film a rating and uh, I'm curious what you thought about it. Um, I'm going to give it like a six to be fair. Oh, I don't know if that's fair. Is it? I don't, well, I don't know. guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what the internet thinks. <laughs> All right. I enjoyed Vincent Price quite a lot. I always do enjoy him and wasn't fantastic overall, but I think it's worth a watch if you're a fan of him or if you've seen any Are you? stuff. Yeah. yeah, I quite like Vincent Price. Yeah. So I found his okay. character and his character's unraveling quite good and I was able to pass over other bits that weren't as good. So Yeah. You know, speaking of Vincent Price, um, when we watched Laura, there was that scene in the film where they did this silhouette shot of him. And in my head, I, th I, I was thinking that this, wow, this looks like a homage to like Dracula or something. This was very early on in his career. So that wasn't even something that was possible. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I found out he never played Dracula. And I, for some reason in my head, I thought that he did, but he didn't. Like everybody, all of his other peers did, but he never played Dracula. Not even once. Um, so that was just something, I guess, in my head. <laughs> That's weird. But there definitely is a scene where he's got like his jacket over his shoulders, you know, and he's silhouette and he comes to the door and it just, I don't know, it's pretty, it's a great image. But for some reason in my head, I was like, oh, they're kind of paying homage to him, paying to, to uh, play in Dracula or something. I don't know. But it's just all in my head. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you in an asylum. It's been some price broken so. you. <laughs> I'm in shock. <laughs> Whenever you wake up, he just stabs you with some more insulin and tells you it's okay. 
<laughs> you saw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he laughs at me. <laughs> um, all right, fair enough. I give the movie uh, a five. Um, I didn't not enjoy it. I just thought it was pretty bland. I didn't think that there was enough going on. I really think that we needed the cop, the police storyline uh, included with this in order to really have it fleshed out. It would have made it more interesting. I think that it all being, I didn't, I don't mind like one room stories. I think those are fine. Uh, but with this particular one, it got a little too repetitive with the waking up more insulin, go back to sleep, waking up more insulin, go back to sleep kind of thing. Maybe they should have brought the husband in a little bit more or, I mean, there's just certain things that they could have done, I guess, if they don't want to have the police story in there. But, um, it just felt like there was something very missing. It might have been more uh, not having the police story to see his experience with like shock syndrome from maybe people in his platoon or whatever that or his his pals that have experienced it and then him kind of like likening that to her situation or being afraid of certain things because of that that might have been an interesting thing that I would have liked to have seen a bit more. Yeah, and I think that would have been cool, like to see his what he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could have been interesting. They could even take it in a, a whole other way and have him sort of be a bit of a mad scientist as you know he played that role later on in a lot of films but um and truly made him a bad guy but i i don't know i think that would have been yeah kind of interesting to explore that a little more um but as such i mean they didn't and they they didn't do a lot of things they could have which i think is what sort of makes this movie fall into that sort of minor film noir you know range of films um, it's not bad. It's worth watching, but probably only once for most people, I guess. I mean, unless you really like Vincent Price, um, or you're really into those sort of asylum type storylines. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like there is so much more they could have done with it. And I mean, I guess that's a good thing because it's not a flat out bad movie or anything. I think it's for what's there. It's, it's decently directed. The acting is, is good. Um, it's it's a solid movie that just seems lacking in the script department. And, and again, it appears that it might just be a budgetary thing, uh, not necessarily anything of the fault to the production itself other than the, you know, the initial pre-production side of things. So five out of 10 and uh, would you say six out of 10? Six. Six. All right. So fairly low, but... Again, it's one of those weird films where even though we're scoring it low, I, I do think that it's worth watching. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Uh, there you have it. I uh, hope you enjoy your um, waltzing Vincent. <laughs> waltzing <laughs> with Vincent drink. And uh, checking out this film if you're uh, you're into these uh, asylum-type movies or like, uh, like Vincent Price. Um, I would recommend at least watching it once. <laughs> <laughs> and uh see what you think <laughs> alright guys until next time bye bye he's looking at you kid thanks for joining us this week on the Speakeasy Noir cast make sure to visit our website resurrectionfilms.net where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes Stitcher or any of your favorite podcast apps so you'll never miss a show while you're at it if you found value in the show we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up and The Dark Side of Acting Up Volume 2, now available on Amazon. 
or you can check out one of our films, also available on Amazon Prime. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Speakeasy Noircast.